Hi guys, Pastor Matt here. I know that pornography is not an easy topic to talk about, but we've got to say something. Uh, it is a silent killer. In 20-something years of pastoral ministry at the village, I've seen it destroy families, marriages. Uh, I've seen it hold back the potential of men and women because of shame. Maybe you've experienced this in your own life or you've seen it in the life of another. So what I want to do is I want to give you 30 free days uh, of Covenant Eyes. And, and the best way to go about doing that is go to covenanteyes.com and, and use OVERCOMERS in all caps. And that's 30 days free for you to test drive what I think is the most effective to hinder access to pornography and come alongside uh, a man or woman struggling with this in a way that you can feel supported and encouraged in the fight. Again, you can go to covenanteyes.com, all caps, overcomers, or you can just click the link in the show notes. Hey guys, Pastor Matt here. For close to 30 years now, I have had the privilege of preaching and teaching God's Word in all sorts of different locations, in front of different crowds, and it's been one of the great joys of my life to study the Word of God and try to mine it for all that's there. Um, that used to involve, you know, having 20 books open on a big table with a spiral notebook and and, and a thousand other little helps with a BDAG. And um, about 15 years ago, that began to change for me as I began to migrate over from everything being paper to using Logos Bible Study software. Uh, I, I learned what it would take me two hours to do uh, on in, in books and paper. I could I could handle in, in sometimes seconds. So if you're a student of God's Word, whether you're a preacher or not, I cannot commend Logos to you more fervently. It, it has been a lifesaver uh, in the ministry for me as I preach week in and week out, sometimes more than once a week. Uh, I feel um, prepared and, and capable because of the ease and the speed at which Logos brings to the scriptures. If you're interested in that, you can go to logos.com backslash overcomers. There's a discount waiting for you there. And, and I wanna encourage you, this can take your Bible study to a whole new level. Hey guys, Pastor Matt here. One of the things that we wanted to do here in season two, uh, really just kind of to test it out, uh, is to, after a couple of episodes, have an episode like this where it's just me straight to camera talking a little bit about the episodes we've just listened to. And so uh, at this point, uh, you, you've heard Boston's story of anxiety and kind of passive suicidal ideation and kind of wrestling with how she perceived herself. And then you've listened to Katie and Matt Murph uh, and Katie's kind of wave after wave uh, of difficulty and physical pain and loss. Uh, and so I wanted to talk just a little bit about uh, those two stories. Uh, one, I've known I've known Boston since uh, almost the day she was born. 
born and I've been, we've been great friends with Matt and Katie Murph uh, for man, probably seven, eight years now. Uh, and so I have had kind of a front row seat to both of their stories. And there were some things that, that, that I kind of picked up on while I was interviewing them that, that I wanted to kind of circle back around and talk about. The, the first is uh, I kept thinking, even in the interview, um, that, that Psalm 42, that why are you downcast, oh my soul, put your hope in God, in this moment for both of them, where they both know what is true, they both know what is right, um, and yet they find themselves in a either length of pain or depth of pain um, that has their soul um, like almost out of gas. And, and so if, if you're watching today, I, I, I know that might very well be you, or you might just know someone and, and you can, you're getting a sense that that's where they are. Um, and so there were a couple of things that were true about both of them um, that, that I think sustained them through this kind of extended period of time in, in their suffering. The, the first is that both Katie and Boston um, had strong relationships with other Christians that they hadn't isolated themselves from. Um, when we're hurting and when there's pain or disappointment or discouragement, um, our, our pull is almost always away from people, not towards them. So whether in our shame or in our pain, we, we just believe that we're a burden to people and we don't wanna be a burden to people or our lives aren't as perfect as we want them to be. And so the tendency, and we find this, like we can go all the way back to the garden with this, with Adam and Eve. What's the first thing they do when they hear the Lord walking in the cool of the garden? Well, they run and they hide. Um, and so our tendency is gonna be to run and hide. And, and knowing both of these women, I think if you were paying attention to their stories, at just the right time, these relationships that they had cultivated with others um, paid dividends for them in e either a random phone call or in Katie's case, we, we just swung by and other friends just swung by her house to check on her. Or in Boston's case, her mom and her sister moving towards her as they notice, hey, she is she is in a dark place. So that was one of the things that, that, that I think I wanna highlight about both of these stories, that when we're in um, physical pain, or, or in Boston's case, maybe even um, a mental kind of anguish, that, that the pull towards isolation has to be fought against. And so if you're in that place, I'm, I'm asking you to consider, have you created space from those who historically have known you and have loved you and have and and so I want to encourage you as weak as you might be in this moment to just maybe grab your phone and send a text and be honest to say I need some help or I feel like I'm slipping or man I'm I'm scared for myself right now and just begin to pull back in that group of men or women or men and women uh, that God's given to you uh, another thing I wanted to to highlight and I find that a lot of Christians do this. Um, is if if you were paying attention again when I was interviewing Katie, uh, one of the things Katie does because she's so kind of vivacious and vibrant is she, and you heard me mention this in the podcast, she's so future-oriented um, that, man, she had forgotten about at some level uh, the pain she had endured. I actually was surprised when I was interviewing her because, I mean, I had seen this tearful, broken woman 
in these seasons that was so exhausted and so spent and and so done and not quite sure how much longer she was going to be able to hang in there. And then her and I were talking about it. Uh, you know, she was sitting in this very seat and she was like, oh man, it was, and she was smiling and, you know, bright eyed. And, and it was almost like, she had kind of buried that hurt and buried that disappointment, and then she had just kind of moved on. Uh, and so I want to encourage you that God has given us the gift of lament just as a gift, that, that there's a place to take that pain and that sorrow, and and we we need to deal with that before we just kind of push it down and head on into uh, the future. If we don't, then my experience is several years later, that stuff flares in another way. Like we just kind of jammed it down and we didn't deal with the disappointment. We didn't deal with the loss. We didn't deal with the things that, man, we really wanted for our lives. And so in Katie's case, man, she didn't get to cuddle with her girls, her baby girls for this extended period of time. She missed certain family vacations. She she wasn't able to participate in the life of her family in, in ways that are now gone because her kids are older. And, and I wanted to kind of press on her in the, that conversation because we, we need to actually feel the weight of those losses and then take that weight to King Jesus because he's there for it. One of the great themes of the New Testament is this idea of accountability, that you and I would be shield to shield with other brothers and sisters who encourage us, strengthen us, call us to holiness, and support and help us through rebuke and correction when necessary. And and I, I think a great tool for accountability, specifically around uh, sexual purity, uh, around pornography and those things, is the Victory app by Covenant Eyes. Uh, the Victory app has all sorts of features uh, that will be super helpful in your battle for purity, whether you, you want help stopping looking at pornography or if you don't ever want to start. Once the Victory app is uploaded to your phone, it's working in the background with kind of cutting edge technology. They've got some AI features that are involved. And, and it's not just like making sure you're not seeing the things on the screen. It, it is uh, looping in allies to support and help you. It, it is uh, recovery material. It lets you get underneath the compulsion towards pornography. It is ongoing chat and support in a moment where you feel weak and aren't quite sure who to call in or who to ask uh, for help in the struggle. Um, and, and here's what I would love to do. I so want you to walk in the victory uh, of sexual purity. Um, that, man, I'm, I'm offering through the Overcomers 30 days free on this Victory app. And so if you go to covenanteyes.com and, and then use Overcomers in all caps, it's 30 days free test drive of the Victory app that I think will strengthen your spine in your fight against sexual temptation.
and then the second thing I noticed, I'm gonna I'm gonna look down at, at some things that I that I wrote down here, is that both of them had a relationship with the Lord that wasn't just public, but it was very private and it was very personal. Uh, both Katie and Boston were mentioning throughout their stories being alone, being stuck in bed, or being unable to get out of bed, and, and crying out to the Lord and wrestling with the Lord and praying with the Lord, so so that the Lord and their relationship with the Lord wasn't this kind of external facing thing alone. They weren't just people that at church were taking notes and raising their hands in worship and able to publicly talk about Jesus or just pray in public. They were two women who had a relationship with Jesus in the secret place. They had developed a, a prayerful heart and a communion with Christ in, in those quiet private spaces that in this, in Katie's instance, physical pain, and in Boston's instant, this psychological anxiety and suicidal, passive suicidal ideation, they were able to cling to the Lord and go to the Lord. What they both did, even when they fell prey to some isolation, is they took their pain to the Lord. So, so they didn't they, they didn't turn to that third drink. They didn't turn to, you know, that fourth fajita. They didn't turn to that bowl of ice cream. They didn't turn to just kind of like trying to blanket out by watching Netflix until their brain rotted. They, they took the pain, whether physical or psychological, to the Lord. And so, man, if this is you, I, he is here for you right now as you're watching this. He sees you. He has not forgotten you. You can turn to him. You can take your frustration to him. So in Katie's case, this is, it just wouldn't stop. And what we see in the scriptures is that men in the Bible talk to God honestly in their frustration. So I've oftentimes said at the village that, men people pray to God in the Bible and say things to God in the Bible that we would freak out if someone in our small group did that. Like the prophet Jeremiah says to God, you have seduced me. He uses the word pata in the Hebrew. You deceived me. You tricked me. He literally says to God, like, like I was a weak-willed woman, you took advantage of me. Like if you heard somebody pray that in your small group, you'd be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Or think about King David who repeatedly is like, how long, oh Lord, will you forsake me? Will you forsake me forever? And so these prayers to God with the true cry of our hearts, I am frustrated. I am angry. I am tired of this. I don't know how much longer I can do this. These are honest, beautiful prayers that I don't want you to feel shame around. Now, we need to have a healthy fear of the Lord. He is the King of glory. And there's a posture of heart, even in those prayers, that, that I want to counsel you to be present. He, he is holy and righteous and sovereign and good and all-powerful. And even in our frustrations, I think we take that into view. But we are coming with a pure heart before him. I think this is what's happening in Psalm 51, where David says, the broken and contrite in spirit, God will never despise. And so I don't want you to be stuck in shame if you find yourself in a similar story to Boston, a lot of, a lot of anxiety and depression, a lot of feeling paralyzed, or in Katie's space, 
pain that just won't go away month after month, year after year. It just, and it's wearing you down. That an honest prayer life is something that both Boston had and both something that Katie had. And it, I, I think it sustained them. It sustained them through the dark night of the soul, maybe even in ways that at the time they were unaware that that's what was happening. That in their crying out honestly to God, uh, about hating the situation they were in, about wondering what he was doing, that that was actually nourishing their souls in ways that were unseen by them at the time, but sustained them over the long haul. And then the third thing um, that, that, that I saw in both of their stories, and I just wanna remind you of, is that sometimes, in fact, more often than we would like, truth takes a little bit longer to get into our bones than we would like. So in both of their stories, again, both of these women love Jesus. Both of these women know their Bibles. In fact, Boston was incessantly reading the scripture and claiming the scripture and believing the scripture and clinging to the scripture and quoting the scripture and writing the scripture and putting on the walls. And 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 I, I just wanna say, yes, 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 fill your heart and your mind and your life with the word of God. In fact, that becomes the sword of the spirit uh, as we're wrestling in the deep places. But I have... I have been surprised in my 30 years of following Jesus how, how often, how frequently it takes a while for the truth of God's word to get into my bones, like to get down in my guts. And so both of them knew what was true even when their feelings weren't there and even when their experience wasn't there and they clung to the truth until the peace of God washed over them. And so if you have that Bible verse that you're hanging on or you're memorizing that scripture to fight the good fight, I want to commend you. And I don't want you to lose heart. I want you to continue to memorize the scripture and cling to the promises of God and quote those to yourself. And just be patient that in time, that is going to produce a fruit and a crop in your life that that is beyond maybe your imaginations right now. Maybe you're, you're thinking, this is my life. And, and I'm telling you that sometimes the promises of God and the peace that comes from those promises, it just takes a little bit for them to get into our bones. And so if you're watching this right now, you're listening to this in your car, or if you're on the treadmill, or I don't, I don't know, you're, you're out and about, I, I just want to encourage you, if you're, if you're in this kind of physical pain or this psychological pain that you wouldn't isolate, that you would do your best to re-invite your Christian community back into the struggle. And I know what you're thinking. I know some of you are thinking, man, there's no, just no way I could do that, man. I've already, I've told them a thousand times. And, and I want you this time to, to be as honest as you can be about the state of your heart and the desires of your heart. You want God to heal you. You want him to strengthen you. You want to have a robust faith and to have the joy of the Lord and the peace of God in your heart as you navigate those spaces. And you just don't have it and you need help and and just invite them in. I, I think just a text saying, can we talk? I feel like I'm slipping again, would would serve you, would, would go a long way. And, and so I want you to do that. I want you to stop isolating and invite others back into that journey. Uh, I, I want you, 
with all the strength that you can muster to cling to the promises of God made in the scripture, not, not ones that, that, that you have. No, I mean, real legitimate promises of God to you in the Bible. I want you to cling to those. And I want you to trust as you meditate on them and you pray them and you sing them and you trust that God is the creator God of the universe, that you would remember it takes a little bit of time for those to get into your bones, to get down into your guts, but you would be steadfast in clinging to them and believing in them. And, and so I I know that there's a tendency in this season of your life um, to feel like you're never gonna get out of this season. And, and I hope that both Boston and Katie encouraged you that, no, 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 you, you'll get out of this season. You will come up out of this season. It might just be longer um, than, than you want it to be. And I just wanna, I wanna continually encourage you that both of these ladies really kind of lay in front of us a blueprint uh, of how, uh, how to fight the good fight and how to hang in there with a bold faith. And so maybe you're watching this and that's not you, but it's been a while since you checked in with that friend that you know struggles in these ways. Well, maybe for you today, the, the, the step of obedience is that you would pick up your phone, that you would text that friend and you would go, hey, haven't seen you in a bit, how you doing? Hey, haven't asked you about this in a bit, how's your soul? What's going on in that mind of yours? How's your hip? What's going on with that back? Talk to me about those migraines and, and that you might anew begin to pray for and encourage and, and use this season of health and vibrancy in your own life um, to pour into those who are in a season that you may or may not be in one day yourself. Um, and so this this is just a kind of a, a thinking back on these two episodes of The Overcomers. And I'm praying that between these two stories and this 20 minutes or so, that your heart might be encouraged in the Lord. He sees you. You haven't been forgotten. You will make it to the other side of this. God bless you. Man, I turned 50 this June. I've been following Jesus for 30 years. I've been pastoring for close to 25. And I, I feel as committed as ever to the cause of Christ in this day and you being equipped and empowered to follow him as an overcomer in this moment of history that God's put us in. And, and so one of the things that I've done uh, moving into the second season of my life is I created the website, pastormattchandler.com. There's all sorts of resources there. There's a monthly newsletter for those who are in ministry uh, and then those who are just following Jesus uh, day in and day out as, as a lay person. And then, uh, man, I, I, I wrote the book, The Overcomers, as kind of a, uh, just kind of a push of like, we can do this in this moment. We can love and with the compassion of Christ, push back darkness and see order established in the chaos of our day. In fact, it's what God wants to accomplish in and through us in this moment of history. And so uh, head to pastormattchandler.com. You can find those resources there. Sign up for that newsletter. You can even buy the book, The Overcomers, right now. If you haven't had a chance to read it just yet, I think it will encourage your soul.